Hey there, friend. Welcome back to the Risky Business Podcast, brought to you by your friends at Renters Legal Liability. This show is proof that insurance does not have to be boring. I'm your host, Gary Miller, and I'm excited to bring this conversation to you today. Are you an insurance producer? Do you ever wonder like what the secret code is that top producers and agency owners use every day to create massive success? Have you wondered how those same folks seem to be able to create great relationships and connections with prospects, clients, and team members? If you've thought about these things, you are on the right episode, my friend. Today, we're joined by Carlos Miranda. Carlos is a 20-year veteran with State Farm. He's a chartered financial consultant, as well as a chartered life underwriter. He has created a culture inside of his agency that is well-known, and it's built on personal relationships and connection. He specializes in home, auto, life, and also works with small business owners for all of their insurance and planning needs. In our conversation, we talk about daily success habits for peak performance in life and the insurance business. We discuss Carlos's approach to creating a thriving culture in his agency. Carlos also shares his thoughts on faith, and how that has been a driving force in helping him build a legacy that is sure to last. Let's jump in with Carlos Miranda. Carlos Miranda, welcome to the Risky Business Podcast. It is great to have you here. Gary, the legend Miller. Thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. I'm proud to be here. Oh, man, it's great. You know what I realized the other day, Carlos, was that I was thinking about when we first, Crystal and I, and the audience knows Crystal's my lovely bride, and, and mm-hmm. we first came in contact with you like 2006, man. Oh, like, yeah. This is, I, I, one part of me, I, it made me feel old. <laughs> same. <laughs> but, same, right? But but the other part, I was like, wow, it has been that long. And, and so it's so cool to be able to to reconnect like this, right? Oh, yes. Wonderful. And thanks for the opportunity, for sure. You know, whenever I start these conversations, Carlos, and you and I were talking a little bit in the in the pre-show, you know, meetings we had, that I, I don't think anybody, and and, and eventually somebody's going to tell me that they did, but I, I don't think anybody, like when they're a little kid, you know, it's like out on the playground, kind of looking up, going, you know what, I know what I want to be <laughs> when I grow up. I'm going to be an insurance guy, right, or an insurance <laughs> you know person, and so with the cape and all, yeah, <laughs> that's right. So. I wonder, I always like to start here, you know, how did you first get introduced to the industry? What was, what was appealing about this to you? Oh my goodness. Yeah, no, I I tell you, you're exactly 100% right. And even to this day, I talked to some folks and they feel like "Mm, insurance and then their eyes glaze over. But I will tell you, um, my journey started, oh goodness, uh, I would say probably when I was about 14 years old, and it wasn't even relative to the insurance business. It was mostly um, getting interested in the stock market and how that worked and um, watching at age 14 the uh, nightly business report with Paul Kangas, man, on uh, PBS. And and then that led to the uh, – I apologize, apologize. That led to um, uh, the uh, – Watching those late night shows about, you know, real estate and, uh, you know, how to buy with no money down back in the 80s and so forth. So it it was it was uh, something it was uh, that's kind of where I decided, yep, I want to be in I want to be in the in business. And 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 so 
uh, fast forward to 23 and I'm out of college and I, I moved from here to Dallas because I really just wanted to get into the brokerage biz. And I actually did get my start uh, in that business. And uh, that was with Morgan Stanley, Dean Witter before they merged with Morgan Stanley. And I, I got a chance to be a retail broker, did it for five years and proceeded to hate every minute of it. It was, it was a dream of mine to be in that business, but it was such a weird thing to kind of figure out. I don't like who I am in this industry. Right. And, and so I needed, I needed a quick change. I, I went immediately into the insurance business on the automobile claim side with progressive insurance. This was in 98. And so, uh, and it was great. I mean, I, I enjoyed the people, uh, but one thing I did notice uh, in that realm, right in that insurance world, was you know, it's very fast paced, especially what you do on the claim side of things. And then on top of that, since by the way I spoke Spanish, I got more than my fair share of extra um, work to go along with the whole thing, and uh, it was just one of those things that kept mounting and mounting and mounting. But through it all that insurance world was just ever opening up to me. And so it started in that realm. And then I got the opportunity to do it with State Farm Insurance. Uh, and that really was what kind of unfolded it all out for me. I was able to see in 2000 how this was going to really turn into something that I wanted to make a, a great go of in a, in a business sense in, in terms of owning my own agency. Yeah, you know, you you said something there. It sounds like early on, you know, even at 14, and I remember some of the same infomercials, by the way, so I know exactly what you were talking <laughs> about. It, it sounds like there's a real thread. The, the, the sort of origin has a thread of entrepreneurship that happened to find its home in insurance. Is that maybe fair? Oh, that is very, it? that is very fair. And And just to contrast what I thought I really wanted to do for the rest of my life, you know, at 14 and what I really know that I, and what I really know that I want to do for the rest of my life is um, when I was in that financial services world, and I still am, I still dabble with it because I do that through the mutual fund side of things here. But I, I realized that I enjoyed my role as the consultant and that realm didn't let me do it as well as I get to do it here. I mean, you and I, we are, professional advice givers, you know, and I, uh, I tell everybody that works with me, guys, you know, you don't feel really apprehensive to talk to some folks about insurance because guess what? You know, just through sheer osmosis, you know more about the insurance world than 90% of the general public. That's so right. use that to your advantage. And that's where I really have uh, had the opportunity to, what I think, create a niche for myself. And it did have to do with um, being able to speak Spanish, another language, my mom's native language. And that was what really connected the dots for me. That's what gave me the opportunity to see what I really, what I was doing and love it. You know, I, I love that. And there's always a moment in these interviews, and it happened early today, friends out in the audience, because there's a moment when when one of our guests says something that just, it's the rewind moment and play it again. What you just said about being advice givers, does that take a lot? I, I think it does, but I wonder from your perspective, do you think that takes some of that 
that sales pressure off both for the agent and for the potential client and just puts it into a role where, you know what, we are really trying to help. And, 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 and that changes the dynamic in those relationships. Have you found that? You hit the nail on the head for me, at least I can tell you, it's all about the focus on the relationship and not the sale. I mean, we know that there are, you know, transactional sales roles and then there's relational and one takes a lot longer than the other, but the dividends pay out over and over and over again. And so, um, I will say, you know, early on, you get a lot of folks that really think they know how to, how you need to run your business. But, uh, you know, to those folks that are getting into this and uh, want to create a lifelong journey, I mean, I think they just need to remember for themselves that, you know, if you want to dance, you're going to dance because you like the music, not because somebody's telling you to dance. <laughs> I love that. You know, that's the quote of the interview right there. I, I'm telling you. So, so you're, you're kind of, you're, you're leading me right into it. And, and, and I think this is a great spot to kind of camp for a second. You and I know, cause we've been doing this for a minute that a lot of new agents struggle. I think largely, I think they're missing what you just talked about. I think, cause they're, they're thinking too transactionally and not relationally enough, but you know, you started out and, and once you really kind of got moving with state farm, for example, which we'll talk about in a minute, you know, how did you navigate the early years where it can feel a little lean or it can feel like it's, you know, kind of climbing uphill and flip-flops, you know, how, how did you navigate that, those early times before you, before it kind of all clicked? Boy, that's a great one. I, I tell you, the first year was, it was great. I think uh, I, I had so much time to prepare before I actually opened my doors that I had, oh goodness, I had a, um, I just had a good plan for this is what we're going to do uh, when the phones are ringing. And this is what we're going to do when the phones aren't ringing. And a lot of the things that were happening when the phones weren't ringing was just training uh, a lot of one-on-one with the folks that were in my office. Hey, yeah, you know what? We're not there yet, but we are going to get to have these conversations. So let's practice them right now. Let's see what it is that uh, we can come up with. That's going to be some challenges for ourselves to overcome and some ways that we can help other folks just see um, the bigger picture rather than the dollars and the cents, you know, on that quote on the page in front of them. And uh, so really that's all we did when the phone wasn't ringing and boy, that still makes me nervous. I'm about to celebrate 15 years in business next March. Well, a couple of weeks, right. Um, yeah. And it still makes me nervous when the phone doesn't ring. Cause all of a sudden you think, well, what did I do wrong? What, <laughs> Why, how did this happen? Why are the phones not working? And you just need to remind yourself, hey, you take that breath and know that stuff is happening even when you think stuff's not happening. That's so true. That's so true. true. You know, I I wonder with that idea, you know, I I talk to a a lot of folks in our audience are, are at various places in their journey in insurance. They might, we've got a bunch of people who are just starting or might have did a career pivot to come over into this from something else. And, and you've already kind of alluded to it, but I, I, I would love it if you'd go in a little bit on, you know, maybe your two or three sort of best tips that you would hand somebody who's maybe newer to the industry uh, about, you know, Hey, these are two or three things. If you, if you would keep these in the front of your mind, I think it's really going to help you to succeed and, 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 and maybe even succeed faster. 
Well, yeah, sure. Let's, I mean, obviously touching on the, the first thing, which is keeping it all about the relationship. I think when you, when you take away all the, the junk that is, you know, the minutiae of insurance, even down to the terminologies that we use, right? Cause that, that glazes people over as well. Uh, when, sure. when you're able to um, sit next to somebody, not across the table from them, sit right next to them and say, I know this whole world is confusing to you, but let's just use some simple language and make sure that you understand what's going on so that you get to go home and you get to talk it over with the family, figure out what is the best option for you. And again, that's just touching on that relationship side of things. And yeah, you don't, you don't get, I guess, if you will, that, um, that quick thrill of, uh, I just made the sale, but they come back the next day and they say, Hey, what you did for me, can you do for my uncle or my brother or my cousin? Because no one's explained this stuff to them and they don't know what's going on. All I know that is they traded some money for a piece of paper and, uh, you know, when it comes down to it, that is the reality, right? It's a, it is a piece of paper. It's the promise to do something when calamity strikes. We need to help those folks understand exactly what that means because for most of them, I think they're just doing it out of the habit of knowing, well, well I guess legally I've got to have this stuff. But when they get to understanding how it works and how it protects them and what the benefits are, boy, that's just, you want to talk about the light bulbs going off. It is something else. It's a great feeling. It, it, it really is. I I think about, you know, State Farm is obviously a great organization and you can't go far without seeing the name or a commercial or something. And so, but but you've really, Carlos, you've been doing this for a while and you've you've been able to differentiate yourself and and your agency from the from the larger crowd. How how did you go about doing that? Because there's a lot uh-huh. of people that want to know how you did it. I appreciate that. And and I wish there was like some magic formula, but for me, uh, all I did, all we tried to do, and my wife is a great um, reinforcer reminded me about keeping things simple. And it's really keeping people at the center of every conversation, mm-hmm. right? Because cause it's so easy to get into the, uh, the whys and the Oh, this is exactly why, Mr. So-and-so, why you should come over here to us because of this and the X and the O's and so forth. Um, but when you, when you're not getting to know those folks and you're not, they don't, they don't really fully understand or, or feel like you've got that genuine concern for what happens to them next. Uh, you see it, you see it in their eyes, you see it in their face. They, they walk away and they, I mean, you may never see them again. But when you've got the opportunity to make that connection, that is quite literally a lifelong connection. And that's the business we're in is I don't want anything to happen to you. I don't, your stuff. I don't want anything to happen to you personally. But when it does, I need you and your family to know you can give me a ring anytime, day or night. And we were going to get you guys taken care of from start to finish. Yeah. You know, I, I, as a, as a side note to the listener, I can tell you that I, we, I, as we started, you know, I've known Carlos for a while and our, and our family has known him, but when, when Carlos and I reconnected here to, to have him on the show, when we jumped on our first kind of explore call, the very first thing he comes in on me with is he wants to know how Crystal's doing and how the girls are doing. And here's the thing. 
and he means it when he asks it. There's a, and, and I think people can feel if it's sincere or if it's not sincere. Have you found that to be the case? Oh, yes. Yeah, there's just no sense in, in not being anything other than genuine because you're going to find yourself trying to remember, well, how was I and who was I? Uh, you know, two weeks ago, I got to be that guy again. No, it's not worth it. You know, you got to be you got to be who you are. And, and genuineness is, is a big part of it. And uh, believe me, boy, I was thrilled to hear you had that baby boy. My goodness. I know. Right. I, I tell you, that was I, as I was explaining to you, I, you know, that was a complete. There, there are a few times in your life where you're blindsided with something that you were not expecting. <laughs> and, and, and especially for guys like me who are so hyper prepared and sort of organized, probably to a fault sometimes. And, and this, this comes into our life, but I couldn't, what a blessing. And I couldn't imagine life without Asher now. He's incredible. And uh, yes, I was, I was excited to share that news with you too. Beautiful. Yeah. It's just a great family and getting better and bigger. That's awesome. That's right. So, you know, I, I've been asking leaders a lot, Carlos, about, you know, the, obviously the last two years has been a, it's been a weird world to live in for a variety of reasons. And, and obviously at the center of that is, is all things pandemic. And I wonder, and I all, when, when I talk to leaders, I, I keep asking them because I think there's real insight inside of how they managed when this thing was really jumping off, how they managed their internal teams and their culture throughout it and how they interfaced with their customers. I'm curious what your biggest lessons have been in that experience and how you kind of navigated that. Oh, Gary, that was something else, wasn't it? I mean, there's just no handbook and no place that you can go to figure out what direction do you take in a pandemic situation. Everybody was just floating in this giant ocean and trying to hang on for dear life and and there was a lot of days where you woke up going, what am I going to do or how do I do it and how do I keep things going? And uh, my heart went out to a ton of business owners in our area. They were just yeah. devastated economically. Um, and even through that, though, I was able to see little flecks of light in uh, other business owners, uh, particularly the pool, the pool guys who were like, we can't, we can't do it enough here. We we don't have enough hours in a day. Everybody's calling since they got to stay home. They've got, they want to have their backyards be their oasis. So, That's I mean, right. I, I thought that was uh, such an interesting dynamic in, in talking to these business owners, but for us specifically, and, and I will tell you internally, the first thing that I tried to do was gather my guys and say, I don't know what's happening. I don't know when it's going to end. But I do know this. I need you valuable resources to know that whatever corner it is you need me to be in to show the support for you guys as as my team, that's where I'm going to be. So if you feel like it's best for me to just do stuff out of the home uh, while all this blows over, that's cool. Let's do it. I'm so glad that we're uh, fortunate enough to be able to have that technology to do it. I personally can't do it. I can't work from home. I've got a, I've got how I want stuff and I'm messy. I got a messy desk and, uh, but I know where everything is, but I need to know, uh, that I've got to go physically, you know, I, I've got to dress both, you know, myself mentally and physically for the day. That's yeah. me. That is me. But I told my guys, I, I really do want you guys to feel like, Hey, whatever it is you need to do, to equip you to make it happen, whether that's work from home, 
or come on in and still do it here. Um, let's, I, I'm, I'm there. I, I don't want to be the, um, I don't want to be the big blockade to give you any more angst than you're already dealing with. I want to make sure that you got, you guys have that clear conscience to know, okay, I, I can do it this way or I can do it this way, but we just need to keep on doing it. Right. So that was, that was the basis of it all. And once we got that to that point, the next step was, and again, there's, you know, this is probably a running theme in our conversation these last 10 minutes. It was all about keeping in touch with the, as many folks as we could possibly keep in touch with. And it was nothing more than just a couple of quick, you know, minutes to say, how are you? What's going on? Can we help? There's no sales involved in this. It was just, how are you doing? We're checking in and we're still here for you. I need you to know that. And boy, I will tell you that made all the difference for a lot of clients. I heard months, months afterwards, for months afterwards, I heard, wow, I'm so glad that you reached out just to let us know that you were there. That was a, that simple act is kind of what keeps me here. And that's why. And I thought, wow, that's fantastic. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to do anything other than keep in touch. That is, that is powerful. And you said something back in the beginning and and it's not, it wasn't in my notes, but I was writing it down while you said it. it. You know, when you met with your team, you said a, a key phrase as, as a leader, you said, I don't know all the answers here. How valuable is it sometimes to actually sort of humble and check the ego and have that level of transparency to say, I don't know, but I'm going to try to find, find the way. How, how did that impact your team? Because just you saying it, I'm like, man, that resonates with me. Hey, that, that is critical. It really is when when you're able to express to your team and you have that comfort level, say, you know, uh, my name might be on the door or on the wall, but that does not mean that I have a, an extra special different license than you do. We've got the same license. We've got the same, you know, we, we have the same access to the same um, back office people to get answers. So there's no way in the world that I'm going to uh, make myself think that, I'm worth anything more than anybody else. That's for sure. This, this leads naturally as we're as we're coming up on our on our time here to to have a conversation about about faith. And you, you and I discussed this, and obviously we've got folks in our audience that have various faith persuasions that really help them in their business in their life. But I know it's played a big factor in your success. I I wonder if you'd be comfortable just sharing a little bit with us about how faith has worked in your business and in your life to really help you create these great results that, that you've created. Um, thanks. I, I agree. I think, I think, let's see. I think being spiritual and making sure that you keep um, that the central point in, in your day uh, as hard as that is on a certain day. Um, that is critical. Um, to that, I will say I've got a wonderful resource in my wife, Vicki. She is very grounding. You know, uh, there's certainly no way for me to get uh, a larger head um, and, and to think more of myself 
Um, or if I do, it starts happening. She's like, Oh, don't forget to take the trash out, Mr. Big Shot. All right. <laughs> you got, you know, she got to keep it real. And that's exactly what she helps me do. Um, so, so in terms of my faith, um, I mean, everything that I do, I try to do for the glory of God. Yeah. Um, and, and to that point, I will say, um, and these are these are just simple things that I try to incorporate in my in my daily life here. But waking up in in the attitude of gratitude, right? You've heard that before. But waking up in gratitude, um, so much so that to to the point that where your feet aren't even touching the ground and you're already thankful for you name it. And sometimes the you name it part of the day, it, it's difficult. <laughs> Sometimes those uh, dark clouds have followed you for a couple of months. And you're like, man, I don't know. Uh, can I come up with anything? But, you know, it, it didn't matter if it's, hey, I cut three green lights on the way to work, man. That's I'm grateful for that. OK. Uh, and then there's, you know, the, the the habit of being grateful leads to bigger and better things that that leads directly to um, my faith, my spiritualness, my my understanding that everything that I have, and I'm, I'm grateful for it, both the good and the bad, is a direct result of, you know, the blessings that have been bestowed upon me. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. And and Carlos, I, I, I love this time we've spent together. I'm so grateful that you came on to to share some of your wisdom, because even even though I know you and I'm the person interviewing you, I'm writing down <laughs> things that, that you've said. And I know, I know, I know, I absolutely know our audience is going to be uh, just just blessed to, to hear this wisdom that you've shared with them today. Carlos, I always like to ask, where's the best place that people can find and connect with you? Gary, I think for myself, I'm best one-on-one. <laughs> I nice. do. I, uh, and I welcome it. I love getting to know folks and uh, the best way to do it is when there's no distractions and I get the chance to visit with folks and ask questions. I, I, I make a better listener than I do, um, speaker. So I hope this is a worthwhile show for, uh, for you and your guys. But if anybody wants to contact me, just uh, reach out to me, shoot me an email. We'll figure out a time to talk, but I love talking to people. I love getting to know them. And I think that's the best way. Well, everybody, we've got all of Carlos's information in the show notes. And Carlos, thank you again for being here. We really appreciate it. Gary, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much. A big thank you to Carlos Miranda for joining us today. Now, make sure to connect with Carlos and his team. Just go to the show notes found at rollinsure.com forward slash podcast for all the ways that you can connect with Carlos. And I promise you'll be glad that you did. Also, hey, don't go anywhere yet. Make sure you stop by rllinsure.com and learn why multifamily property owners, property managers, and investors choose RLL. Are you an insurance agent that writes habitational risk? Stop by rllinsure.com to learn why agents around the country recommend RLL and how they get paid really well to do it. Thanks again for being here. We'll see you next time.